0: right. Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to my brain, my frequency, Uh, enter at your own risk. Um, You know, I have a number of different interests, things that I pick up on, uh, conversations that I'm having, interesting books, movies, and interesting people And speaking of interesting people, I have um, someone that that I've met recently that I've been incredibly intrigued by. Um, I will just leave a lot of that for for the conversation, but the founder of Indelible Impressions, uh, Yvonne Austin. Hello, Yvonne.
1: Hi, Hi. how are you doing, Baxter?
0: You know what, I'm in a really good mood. happy to 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 talk to you always nice to connect and i and i'm um i'm encouraged i'm encouraged how about you
1: i'm great um i'm really happy to be on uh back to buzz today you are uh have quickly become someone that i admire and that i'm consistently inspired by so i appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today and to hopefully uh, inspire your listeners uh, for the work that I do. So I'm, I'm great. I'm here with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's right. What yeah. more
1: could a girl need? That's right.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I think about the, the, the way that I do the podcast, the way I started it was whether I was getting a million dollars an episode or whether I was getting zero dollars, I wanted to do the things that were interesting to me, the people that were interesting, people that inspired me. So um, I, you know, everything's organic and it it, it feels incredible. It feels incredible. Um, So let's talk about you, the reason that that we're here today. Um, Indelible Impressions. Yes. Tell me about the name and tell me, yeah, tell me uh, the the, the reason for the name and what does it mean to you? All
1: right. So um, Indelible Impressions. Uh, is something that um, (laughs) has very deep meaning to me. Um, It has actually a very deep spiritual meaning to me. It was something that I was in prayer about for quite some time. And um, just understanding that part of my life, my passion and my purpose was to make an indelible mark. And when I had the opportunity to launch my own business, Um, and realizing what it was that I needed to be doing, um, making an indelible impression um, came very quickly to both heart and mind. And so that's the name of the company. Uh, That's kind of, if you will, the why behind it. Um, My goal with Indelible Impressions is to do exactly what the name says, is to make an indelible impression upon organizations as they're trying to transform the culture of their workforce for the better. And that that impression would extend outside of the organization's walls uh, into the realm of society and communities. um, And so that it has a greater impact and uh, just working towards uh, helping to make society grow and expand for the better.
0: How are you how are you going about that mission? It's a lot involved in that. Tell me you know where, where's your area of expertise and how do you um, how do you sort of go about uh, starting with, with with these organizations and as they trickle to the community and that. But t- tell me your, your your part that you that you guys play in, the, in that.
1: Sure. So indelible Impressions, uh, it is a DEI strategy and execution firm. We work directly with the organization to start them off by assessing or taking the temperature of their culture to find out how their workforce is feeling, how they are engaging both within uh, their walls, if you will, um, and also with their stakeholders and figure out perhaps where their biases lie, where the gaps and opportunities are to grow in that area and then to customize uh, trainings and workshops that specifically target and address those areas Um, and then from there uh, we build a curriculum that helps to underscore and support the learnings so that they're not only just developing a head knowledge of it but that they can actually have some accountability and put to practice uh, what they've learned and so uh that's, that's pretty much it in, in a nutshell. Um, it, I would say one of the biggest components of this work for me, and I always tell leaders of these organizations is that when I come into the organization to aid them in this work, I'm not just there for the company's uh, minds, I'm there for their heads and hearts. Because I truly believe that the heart is where sustainable change is made and will live and so it's one thing for people to have a head knowledge of uh, DEI principles and how to better manage their bias eradicate some of the stereotypes uh, that are floating around in their heads and how to engage better with one another from a human first perspective Um, that's all great for them to know but when you prick their hearts, when you've made an, an indelible impression upon their hearts to change for the better and all of the benefits that yield from that, then I say like, ooh, <laughs> we've got them, you know? And, and so there's a greater opportunity for them to live out what they've learned. Um, and again, not just in, in the workplace, but in all the areas of life, I say that their foot shall tread. And so that's that's my ultimate goal is to not just contribute to bettering workforces, but to better society as well. Wow.
0: I, I think that was one of the, the things that stood out to me with your mission and, um, you know, sort of your end goal was really, we want to hit them um not just when they're they're 9 to 5s right we want them to take this home to their families we we want them when they're out in the community and i went wow yeah because if it's uh if if it makes sense here mm-hmm. to get rid of biases and stereotypes and, and and maybe a lot of sort of unconscious things that we may be doing or or thoughts that we may have if it makes sense within the you know, confines of our nine to fives, our, our job, that makes sense everywhere else too, right?
1: Absolutely. And you think about the exponential impact of that. Um, You know, if you go home, you take this information and you're talking to your significant other, you're talking to your kids, you're impacting them as well. And then that just, they might take their learnings, and then go into their other social circle, to their other environment and share that information. And so it's really important. And especially, I believe, with the youth of today, um, we know that as adults, and I think even most teenagers and middle school children, they know how divided our nation is, how fractured our society is. And so the earlier we can start having these conversations, the better. And the hope is that, as individuals are having conversations in these other uh, forums, that the younger people are when they learn about some of these concepts is we will see hopefully within the next five, 10, 20 years, such a shift of how we think as a society that perhaps there won't even be a need for people like me anymore. (laughs) So it's kind of like working myself out of a job Um, but to be honest with you, that's my hope. My hope is that um, organizations and society as a whole at some point will need people like me. That this kind of thinking and this way of engaging will become foundational in people's lives. It will become second nature.
0: Well, that that is awesome. Um, I I think you're safe for a while though. I think we have a lot of work (laughs) to do as a society. Unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) We're, we're, you're you're in good. You're in good shape right now. Um, can you tell me about just your transition from mm-hmm. the sort of the corporate setting and and some of the roles that you had on the corporate level and what led you to Indelible and and you know the passion that you have behind it.
1: Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, I have twenty-one plus years in corporate marketing and communications across various industries, um, and and uh, it was an amazing ride. But there was this shift. Um, I want to say truly, like within my soul, of wanting to better align with my my passions and my purpose. And so, doing DEI was for quite some time, more off the side of my desk in supporting from a volunteer perspective uh, within the organizations that I work, you know their uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, uh, efforts. And so, whether that that was typically through employee resource groups or business resource groups, um, and then volunteering out through my church and just other community um, engagement uh, opportunities. And so. I made the conscious decision that it was time to move from almost a little bit that corporate safety nest into doing this work because i figured you know if i can align all the years of knowledge that i have and the education along with this that with the passion um I truly felt like there was no way it wasn't going to be successful, right? Because that passion is there and it was such a fire that it, wasn't, it was going to allow me to um, work on a whole nother level. And so I made that transition and I have to tell you, I, I haven't looked back one day. Um, I am more fulfilled than I've ever been before. Um, I'm executing stronger than I ever have before. Um, And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing for me to wake up every single day and be like, okay, um, this is what I need to do. It's not daunting. It's not frustrating. I absolutely love the work. And I will say as an entrepreneur, it's definitely late nights and early mornings, um, but there has not been a single day that I've looked in the mirror and had any regrets. Mm. And, And to have the growth, that Indelible has had in such a short time period um, is is amazing, you know, and, and already seeing the fruits of repeat business from early clients. Um, I think it just confirms for me um, that this was absolutely the right decision.
0: That's awesome. You, you said something that um, I think is common and, you know, conversations that I've had with people over the years, this sort of uh, desk side DEI resource or specialist or you know coordinator, right? Um, how often have you have you seen that throughout your years in corporate, and where there was maybe before you, you there was someone else, or maybe there were a couple of people that that employees went to to just try to make sense of some things or or certain um, employers or certain employees would sort of speak up for the the masses and for maybe the, the the folks that were underrepresented and then from a marketing standpoint you have a a special uh vantage point because many times when you're talking about communication right you have to be very Uh, uh, aware of who you're communicating to, the cultural aspects of that, um, and any other sort of uh, things that may, could be misinterpreted, Mm -hmm. if not communicated properly. So like, when did you become that resident, you know, untitled sort of, specialist for for that go-to person. And did you see anybody prior to you as you were kind of coming into the corporate field that that you learned from or that you, you know, were empowered by because of some of the things that they were doing?
1: Absolutely. So for some of the organizations that I worked for, uh, oftentimes they had a resident, uh, you know, head of diversity and inclusion there. It was through the employee resource groups where I was really able to hold positions that gave me this very close view of what the work was and what I was doing to aid uh, the efforts of the organization to highlight uh, diverse individuals to help build pipeline programs and um, also to help with the educational components of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so the great thing is I was never kind of alone in that. Although it was interesting because a lot of the organizations that I worked in, there was not a lot of diversity there in the first place. And so oftentimes um, I would be the only uh, person of color on my teams. I would often be the only female person of color on my team. So uh, not only was I lending my, um, I guess you could say my intellect, my skills, and my passion to the employee resource groups and their efforts, but I was also simultaneously living um, what lack of diversity, um, equity and inclusion um, causes and and the harm unfortunately that it causes. So very interesting um, dynamic there. And then as you mentioned, layering in the marketing and the communications pieces where Um, I'm able to take those skills and now put them to work for uh, my clients. Um, It just kind of, you know, that dynamic of all things work together for good. So it was a totality of both the education, the lived experience, the work experience combined that I believe have made me not just uh, a stronger uh, DEI strategist, but also uh, having that, that perspective um, as someone who's endured the difficulties, the hardships, uh, the microaggressions, um, the being the only one, the code switching, the assimilation, like all the different aspects um, that, that plague organizational culture when there's lack of diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, so I think that, that all of that together has just given me a really unique lens um and and also a, a stronger perspective on things and then you know i've always kind of been very uh i guess you could say in some regards uh softy <laughs> and and so um my my soft skills uh developing those have always been really important to me um and i i have an ability i believe to just see people for where they are and where they're not, and where they want to go, and being able to help uh, strategize and champion them to to reach that full potential.
0: I think it's awesome, and I, and I and and I have a one of my favorite people in the world. She comes from the marketing uh, space, and she would be on these teams. Uh, the only only black girl in the room is, is, is it was a blog that she had started years ago right. and she'd have these she'd be a part of these conversations and the just the ignorance of of of, of approach or ways to communicate and mm. you know these were you know projects that were for pretty big companies and they just did not have the the experience internally, and she didn't always feel comfortable enough, sort of speaking up. can you can can you talk about the importance of diversity?, um, and for the record, you know this, I know this, but for someone listening or watching, diversity isn't just about uh, throwing, you know a, a couple of black people on a team right? Um, A woman on a team. Talk about what, like, the the importance of diversity and and the type of diversity that helps organizations culturally, but also from a bottom line standpoint.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as a noun, diversity is the state of being diverse or having variety. Um, And so I would say, you know, it's important for people to understand that it's not just this, number one, and it's also oftentimes that's something we can control. For example, I am a fair-skinned black woman and um, there's no changing that, <laughs> right? Um, and diversity is also a practice. It's something that you do. And you know what I feel it should mean on a personal and a societal level is that every part that makes us different from one another is considered valuable and should be valued by others. Um, that there's a respect for those differences, whether that's nationality, ethnicity, religion, gender, et cetera. And for organizations, they really having diversity in the workplace is so very critical. It makes all the difference. If you look at any of the statistics, I mean, there's certainly a strong business case for diversity. Um, and you know, I would say that in the 21st century, there should no longer exist or even desire that we exist as a monoculture in any environment. Um, Homogeneity where society emphasizes or de-emphasizes aspect of one's identity really just results in assimilation. And that's never good for an organizational culture at all, because if you have a group of people who only think alike and who feel alike, then you're kind of you're missing the mark as far as who you're actually marketing to, right? Unless you are somehow or another in, in some geography, um, in some nation where everybody is the same and you're only marketing to that direct same uh, dynamic of people, cohort of people, well, then that would work for you. But for most companies, You're opening your products and your services to whomever is interested in consuming them. So why would you not have a workforce that properly reflects that? And again, going back to seeing the value in the diversity of perspectives that come to the table and what that actually looks like um, and, and the benefits that an organization is able to leverage from that. When you get people who come from diverse backgrounds, have diverse lived experiences, as well as educational experience, come from different geographies, whether that's within the United States or abroad, you get people who think about problems differently. They look at things from a different vantage point. Those are going to be the people that can help you to ideate on a whole nother level. Those are the people that are going to be able to look at a problem and see things from a different perspective than those who typically are sitting around these decision making tables can look at because they understand it from a different experience level. Those are going to be the people who are going to help you innovate on a whole nother level that are going to help you tap into new markets um, for the products and the services. So there's such value in, in having a diversity in the workplace um, that there are a plethora of statistics out there that show that it improves competitiveness. It improves uh, productivity. I mean, it's just the benefits are, are really countless. So it's, it's a critical component of, of today's ever-growing workplace. And from a consumer standpoint, that's exactly what consumers want. They're not okay anymore with just a company who provides a particular product or service and it's good. They wanna know about who are you behind the scenes. Um, We see this with big brands, right? You think about Nike and some of the other brands that have taken stances on things to say like, listen, this is who we are, this is what we represent. We have people who are sitting there saying like, oh, you know, I'm so mad about this. I'm going to burn my Nike. Then you have other people that are like, okay, Nike, I see what you're about. And therefore I will take my consumer dollars and I will spend with you over another brand. Um, And we see this constantly in the evolved marketplace. Uh, Consumers have choice. Uh, Employees have choice. And so who you are in the deepest part of your brand identity um, matters. And so diversity is one of those things that have come to the surface um, that people are looking at to say from a vision and a value system and a mission, who are you? And unless you align with what I may want as a consumer or uh, a, a, a person seeking a job, a talent, um, if your value system and mission don't align with my own, I'm going to stage left or I'm going to go, you know, work somewhere else. I'm going to buy somewhere
0: else. You, you mentioned talent and and um, that's actually my next question. Cause I want you to solve a um, huge, huge problem. Solve it in five minutes, uh, if you would. <laughs> uh, okay, I
1: will try. All right, <laughs> No pressure, no pressure.
0: No pressure at <laughs> all. So we, we, we have these. I'm sure you've had these conversations um, from business, uh, leaders or organizational leaders where they under they they've heard all oh, what you said it sounds good but how do we incorporate diversity in as we uh recruit new talent that fit our culture our current culture
1: mm. well To be honest with you, I'm just going to be, I believe in being unapologetically authentic. So uh, with that, I will say, I detest the notion of culture fit. Absolutely detest it. Because for me, culture fit says, this is who we are. Um, And we kind of, the organization puts itself in a box and says, when you, Yvonne, come into the organization to work for us, you have to fit this way of thinking this way of being because we have built this cultural dynamic here and so you have to fit in with what exists versus culture ad which says takes a a different approach and a different look to say okay this is the team that we're hiring for what do we currently have on our bench today and let's look at that against where we're looking to go what are the real goals For this particular team or business unit and then let's look at what that gap is and let's hire for the gap. Let's hire for someone who's going to bring added value, something we don't already have to the team, to the environment. Perhaps it is they have some similar experience but maybe they have it in a different industry but those skill sets are transferable But through the uh, interviewing process and the contemplation process, we see some things in a particular individual that can elevate the culture of that team, that have some skills that perhaps can get us to that next level of where we want to go. That's the thing I feel like organizations miss, and that's something that recruiters really need to be looking at, that, that human resources needs to be looking at, that We don't want somebody who's just going to fit in, right? This isn't about plug and play. This is about accepting those who can actually come in and in a positive way, disrupt the status quo so that we can expand and go higher. Because when I feel when organizations focus on culture fit, they're actually working against their own best interests to grow to compete and to excel in their given marketplace.
0: They have too many blind spots and there's no one there either that shares different experiences or different opinions or who's empowered enough to share those, right?
1: Right. And that's that homogeneity that we often see, right? Is where organizations, you know, they hire the same, right? Because they wanna make sure that they fit and they're gonna gel well with the team, right? And they're not looking at, if somebody comes in, for example, I I was talking to someone recently and they had some frustrations about a team that they were on and the individual was looked at as like, well, the team has been working great for X amount of time. And then you come in and you brought something different and people perhaps weren't gelling with the individual as well as the hiring manager had hoped. And they automatically pinpointed the individual. And what the individual was doing is they were trying to essentially like level up the way that the team was doing things. And they were kind of setting a standard and really had this approach that a rising tide lifts all the boats, right? Like this is something that you guys maybe didn't do before. You weren't looking at something from this perspective, but let's take it to the next level. And instead of the hiring manager and the organization looking at the team and saying, well, there's way too much homogeneity here this person is is right on spot like they're actually what we want to see and how we want to grow they targeted the individual and the individual you know I don't know where they stand right now but I dare say that they're probably going to lose that individual um, to to another organization because that person is not able to grow and thrive there if they feel like they can't expand and that the the homogeneity of the team is so much more important than the growth of it. And so- Don't
0: rock the boat, right?
1: Right, exactly, exactly. And so, and that's to your point a moment ago about how the blind spots, right? Really come into play. Um, But when organizations have diversity intelligence to really develop, motivate and empower people can really achieve extraordinary results. And so, but they have to do that work of uncovering their personal biases and prejudices that hamper growth, um, ideation, exceeding the competition and ultimate success um, and looking at people for who they are, championing them to bring their authentic selves to the workplace um, that really does allow for more creativity, more innovation, more problem solving, both individually and collectively uh, within teams and, and business units. That's when you see organizations are able to uh, take themselves to the next level.
0: That's right. Level up, that's, that's, that's yeah, one of the terms yeah, you like, Yeah, yeah, really. Right?
1: <laughs> and when you uh, think about it, it's critical, right? It In is. a global marketplace. Organizations interact with people from different cultures and clients. Yeah. Um, and so how can you do that If you don't know how to do that, you know, I always say to organizations I serve, you don't know what you don't know, and that's okay. But for some organizations, there's no reason, there's no valid reason why you have not diversified your workforce, but yet you think it's okay to market to and engage, do business with different cultures when you don't even know what it's like to engage with people from different cultures, both in the business setting and oftentimes within even their personal lives.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I've talked to leaders who literally have said, I have not physically really shared any meaningful amount of space with someone that didn't look or think like me. And that is to me like shocking, but also really scary because- Then I start to think about, well, no offense, but like what value do you really have to the organization if you are not a person who who seeks growth um, and who seeks to understand people from different walks of life and thereby their needs in which to be able to serve their needs through a product or service or to create a new product or service? that that does fill their needs so it's 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 a head scratcher sometimes for me when when people are that way and are okay with being that way yeah
0: i I think yeah that yeah you don't know what you don't know and it's okay as long as you're open to learning some things right and that intentionality has to be there where you need to be deliberate about adding um experiences adding people to your world, mm-hmm. uh, researching things that may be challenged or even counter what your beliefs are. Because uh, one of the terms that, that I love is that you're only as good as the last time you, you, you've you changed your mind.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, and I think we need to challenge ourselves um, with the thoughts that we have and we need to run them through the same uh process of skepticism that we do for the for the ideas and thoughts that we don't share and that we don't agree with today right we need to run mm-hmm. our own thoughts through those same filters to ensure that they check out they check out as as we get ready to wrap um it is february it is black history month um and we know that black history is American history is yeah. world history, right? Yeah, Can stay you loud,
1: say it proud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Will you share, or would, would you mind sharing um, any something Black history related, um, an experience, a figure, anything that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Yes, um, so part of what Indelible Impressions is choosing to do Uh, for Black History Month 2021 is, you know, first of all, let me say that we honor all those who have gone before us and done the work and laid the foundation for which um, I'm able to stand on and do what I do today. Uh, But Indelible Impressions has made an intentional effort to start highlighting those who are making uh, dramatic and impactful change right now right it's the concept of uh, give them their flowers while they're here and so someone who I've been watching for quite some time and am continually impressed and inspired by is Cephas Williams Um, he's over in the UK he's doing tremendous work um, with uh, the 56 black men um, initiative project that really just helped highlight um, different black men uh, within the space of of How black men are judged. Um, And if you get a chance to go check them out, it's an amazing, amazing initiative that you put them all basically in hoodies and you would never know who they are, and that they are change makers and heads of companies, and they are doing uh, great works throughout society. But in addition to that, he really broke the mold with his groundbreaking letter called Letter to Zion, which was this message to his son about the culture. Um, It was, uh, the genesis of it was the killing of George Floyd. That was just something so moving for him and everybody else. I can't imagine a single solitary person who was not moved by um, that unfortunate uh, event but it caused him to put together this beautiful short film um, as a letter to his son about what is going on in the world right now and what he's trying to do to change it so that when his son grows up, these problems will no longer exist, hopefully, prayerfully. Yeah. And so it's such a beautiful piece, but what that has done in the UK and to see how it's been on uh, digital billboards and at airports, I mean, it's just like, he has broken the mold with this thing. And he's developed this coalition as a result of it, that he's working with some of the largest global companies in the UK to go into their organizations to to do some really impactful work. So again, um, he's just, I'm a fan. I I am such a fan of his heart. I'm such a fan of his voice and his work. even though he's a little bit younger than me, I jokingly say like I still want to be him when I grow up. Um, but he's one of the one of the folks that that's high up uh, on my on my uh, a list. And then there's obviously there's so many other change makers right now. Um, and I don't just look at the status necessarily of where they are in society. There sure. are so many hidden figures among us sure. that are doing great things. Um, and um, this is not intentional flattery for you, but the fact that as a Black man, you have stepped out of your own comfort zone to step into this role of having this podcast and this vodcast to say, you know, I'm in society, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm, I'm an employee, I'm, I'm a philanthropist, I'm doing all these different things but I'm trying to bring a different perspective to important conversations and have those conversations now um, to to help amplify uh, the work that people are doing that are trying to make strides um, in our community, um, I think is is fantastic. And so, you know, you too are doing that work and anybody doesn't know Baxter Hall, well, you need to know Baxter Hall (laughs) because um, he is indeed uh, one of the voices of change that we have in our society right now, so.
0: Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. That's
1: mm-hmm.
0: awfully kind. Awfully, awfully kind. Um, wow. Um, so let's just wrap on that. Uh, tell tell people where, where they can find you, Yvonne, and then Indelible as well, Um social media or, you know, your website and all all that? Where can people find you?
1: So you can find everything about Indelible Impressions at www.indelible-consulting.com. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. You can learn more about the company, the work that we're doing, uh, the very uh, clients that we're serving both in the nonprofit and for-profit sector. Um, across the United States, as well as uh, some opinion pieces and different initiatives that we are part of um, desiring to, again, make an indelible impression um, for uh, organizations as well as society.
0: Great, great. I I just want to say, um, as we wrap, the thing that is crystal clear every time we have a conversation is your passion. And I think that, you know, having an idea of where you want this to sort of end, right? How you want to see, you know, ultimately, right? Hey, I'm out of work because there, there's, there's this uh, global um, vision and this global diversity that doesn't need to be spoken about. And I, I, you know, obviously it's very ambitious, but it's not impossible, right? Um, sure. and, and it starts with people sort of doing their part and mm-hmm. you are, you know, you are doing your part and then some, so I want to say, you know, salute to you. Um, Thank I, you. <laughs> it, it, you know, from from a, uh, your approach, is is so different but your, your your passion coupled with the strategy piece of it is why I think you've seen a lot of success um but you know your, your faith right and mm-hmm. you just there's this great combination of things and I'm just really excited to see what's what's next for you so so thank you for joining me and just salute to yourself the indelible team and uh, what the future uh, holds for you guys.
1: Oh, thank you so much. We're we're on the job and we don't have any intention of stopping. So um, again, until society shifts in a major way, uh, we will be at the ready.
0: That's right. That's right. So thanks everyone for uh, joining us today. As always, if it's something that you like, is that you found inspiring, comment, like, Um, if you are, you know, regardless of where you're seeing this or hearing this, thank you for your support. And I hope to uh, talk with you guys again soon.
1: All right. Thank you, Baxter.
0: Thank you.